And welcome everybody to the Between Two Wheels podcast. We are doing stage seven, 110th uh, Tour de France edition from Mont des Marsons to Bordeaux, 169.9 kilometers. Yesterday we had a good, good showing of a change of, we're going to talk a little bit about that yesterday. There was a little bit of controversy as far as how Jumbo went about it, but today is a sprint stage. Mark Cavendish is up trying to get his 35th win and surpass the great Eddie Merckx coming into Bordeaux. I think they've gone there 80 times or so, so it's a big sprint day, but there's a lot more in store. All the sprinters have a chance. Do Who's going to win? Is it going to be a breakaway? Is it going to be, well, I think you know what's going to happen. Stay tuned. Here we go. Massive the number of people have been upgrading. Yes, there you go. You see the graceful limb that you were talking about before. The race we've got yet again. And a victor then goes. Victory to an American Andy Hampton. The felt to go fight. He looks at the Colombian rider. How are you doing? Straight past Santiago Botero. And he's coming up to Pantani. Well, Armstrong is... Uh, the last few hundred meters as we come towards the finish of this monumental stage and after as we start to approach the line now Pantani grits it deep and accelerates and over the line is going now to win stage number 15 Sepkus an emotional finish from Durango in the USA Sepkus wins Episode 295, Between Two Wheels Podcast. We're here. If you missed the open, I did mention what's going to take place today. Uh, a little bit. It's going to be a sprint stage, and you should know that. And, and if you don't, I mean, it, which means it's boring to begin with. Nothing really happens. And, and look, the way that this tour is set up, it's like climb, sprint, climb, sprint. And that's what we've had for seven days. Three sprint stages, four-ish of the others. And uh, the GC's cranked up, the sprinting is cranked up, uh, tempers are flaring, we've got all kinds. I, I just thought I'd recap yesterday's thing. I mentioned that I thought Jumbo was doing the wrong thing yesterday. Uh, I more I think about it and watch stuff, I am more convinced that's the case. Uh, Brian Zimney said, hey, no, I think they would, you know, they, they took it on, they, they only lost a little bit. Got his lead cut in half a minute. Look at how close the Giro was after three weeks. He was up. He being Vinigo was up by a minute. He got it cut basically in half yesterday. Why? You didn't have to do that. You have Sepp Kuss, who is maybe the best climber in the world, albeit the top two that are there this this week. I mean, you know, Remco is great. Uh, but but in the tour right now, you've got Pogacar, Vinigo, and then you definitely have Sepp Kuss. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Why would you get rid of him so early, which is what happened. It didn't have to, I just think Jumble didn't have to play this kind of, uh, we're going to win the tour on stage six and be done with it. And they could have held on to him. Think about what did happen. Look, first of all, 
there's a repeat of stage 11 last year when I mentioned that yesterday, which is Pogachar got toasted and did so much work uh, of the Galibier, I think it was, and then he got roasted on the final and lost over two minutes uh, from doing all this kind of work that he didn't need to do. And that kind of happened in reverse yesterday. You got Vingigo for some reason, just pulling him up to the top of the, the Telegraph, was it Tourmalet? Tourmalet. Uh, and then dropping him off on the other side and coming down with Wout. And then anyway, could he used Sepp Kuz when he got dropped, would have been able to pace him back, maybe only lose five seconds or so. Um, just a thought. Anyway, I, I just think uh, th I just think I'm right on that. Okay, let's go to today's stage. 169.9 kilometers, Bordeaux. It's had sprints galore. I think 80 sometimes, or I, I, I could be uh, wrong in there, but visited uh, a ton of times coming into um, dire, the, the tours. Visited there. I think Mark Cavendish won in 2010. Blew everyone away with this HTC. It's fascinating to watch that stage go back because the way that the sprint teams do. And then the way that they are now, and everyone's saying, oh, you just can't do sprint teams now. I, I, I get it, but you're not even trying. I, I really, that's the problem you see today. Let's go to the highlights, though. Uh, this is uh, Johansson or one of these guys doing a wheelie already. So um, this is where we have today. This is how it starts out. It starts out with guys doing wheelies. Um, but right from kilometer, oh, you got a lot of, I don't know what kind of gay jungle gym going on there, but that's, uh, that's great. Uh, ice packs. Guys checking in. Okay, Jakobsen. I said yesterday, I said, I don't think with all the crashing that's happened. Uh, and by the way, Victor said, uh, today is uh, July 7th, National Dive Bar Day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Between Two Wheels is live. Yes, we are. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Uh, Jakobsen, I, I said, I don't think he's going to be in the mix. It's just his recovery. He's got some issues. Maybe he's still got some. I just don't see him fighting. And we did see some problems. I broke down every sprinter. Uh, let's let's go here. Uh, Horn, Brian Zimney says, Horner was saying they went for it on the Tourmalet and it didn't work. So they should have regooped with Sepp, Wout, Kelderman in the final climb. He said it was worth a try, but took it too far. Um, I did watch that. I don't believe that's what he said at all. <laughs> I think he said it was a knucklehead move and I was just more uh, solidified with the fact that that when you have such a lead, especially with the way these come down, I, I get it. It's fun to look now. Look, Brian, I, I will tell you uh, from a, a perspective uh, that I love watching the tour. It was great. I I did not want the tour over on stage six. I love to see what happened. I love it when they take these chances and they blow themselves up. But from a team perspective, it just doesn't seem doesn't seem right. Um, but anyway, we'll go back here. Um, Jakobsen, I just feel like he is something's missing. One well, plus he's crashed, and so there's some problems with him. I didn't expect much out of him. The whole Lotto Sudal team seems to be a mess. Uh, you got Mark Cavendish. He does have Case Bowles to help lead him out. There's the guys in green. It's Jasper Philipson. And Polka Dots is Nilsson Palace. Yellow now is uh, uh, Pogacar. I mean, sorry, Vinigo. And in white is Pogacar. There is France. There they are. They're still kind of down there. They're coming out of the uh, the Pyrenees. They're starting to move on up to the, the wine country in Bordeaux. There is the route for today. Northern, still off the coast. So it wasn't much for uh, wind or anything like that. There is the, the profile. Uh, that Cat 4 climb near the end of like 800 meters of elevation. It was nothing. Nothing to worry about. So um, anyway, two guys, three guys or so tried to make the break off the front. Nothing. They 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 turned around, went back. This gentleman for Akea Samsic, I'll get the name later. He was the only one that decided to keep going on ahead. You had a sprint here. He comes across. Then uh, behind them, uh, it's Philipson and Gourmet. I think Philipson got the sprint. 
over or maybe Gourmet did. We'll, we'll check that because I do have the results on those um, and, and little things of portent of things to come. Then you had uh, Nans Peters and uh, Pierre Latour. They take off with like 77K to go and they, they hold on out there. You know, they have like around a minute or so lead. Uh, they, they crest this climb and then they're coming down in the 6.5K to go. And it was uh, the gentleman that Wout sits up. So tomorrow, keep Wout that sitting up in mind for when you have tomorrow's stage predictions, because it's going to be a, a stage that's a little bit more on his route. He just blew himself out the day before, blah, blah, blah. That's a possibility. Okay, 3.5K to go. They actually extended is right to this corner here. This is when they caught Pierre Latour. Uh, 3.5K to go to take a big right here. And up front was Latour and uh, Christophe, uh, sorry, Chris. Christoph, yeah, the tour is that his name for Yumbo? <laughs> I'll get the name right here. Uh, and Vingago uh, pulling him in there. Three point five, or actually three point six to go, was the actual place that they said if you had if they they moved the safe zone in effect from three kilometers out to three point six because of all this road uh, action and and, um, and construction stuff they had going on here. Uh, and right about this time, three kilometers to go. That's when the the Jumbo team sat up. Now, watching everybody else. The only, you have different guys. Uh, Gronewagen has one guy leading him in there. Uh, Caleb Ewing had one guy leading him around, but yet he wasn't on his wheel. It was a little odd. You had Lotto Sudal leading everyone out. And at one point, their guy is on the front and he looks around and he's like, there's no one here. So he sits up, doesn't have anything to go there. But Alpeson Phoenix has four guys, including uh, Philipson, on the front doing the work now case bowl you can kind of see here at 1k to go he's about 10 or so 510 back uh with mark cavendish on his wheel so you've got cavendish you also have tenison trying to lead out gourmet but they're not even together that's a lot of the problems you have the best thing and i talked about this yesterday the best thing that philipson does <clears throat> excuse me is just never leaves the wheel of matthew vanderpool it, it's it trust completely that your guy's going to lead him out there was so many times here, and if you really watch, take take one sprinter and just watch him the whole way. Caleb Ewan's a great one. His teammate comes up beside him. It's kind of talking to him like, get on my wheel. I'll take you up here. You're you do what you do. Caleb looks and just stays <laughs> stays on the wheel of, I think he was on Phillipson. Now, granted, that's a good wheel, but it's it's it always blows my mind when um, you're, as a sprinter, you're going to rely on everyone else's moves and, and you don't take it on and just push your agenda itself. So it's, yeah, uh, Brian says, Ice, Iceman and Maverick never leave your wingman. Exactly. Now you can live and die that way. You know, it doesn't always go uh, the way you need to. But when you trust that guy and, and what we've seen here with Matthew Vanderpool um, and today we'll talk about how it wasn't the perfect lead out, but it does something for your man. You put him in a position to not lose. Once again, you looked at back for three, five kilometers to go. It's all on the front. Well, there was the, the jumbo riders, uh, Christophe Laporte. That's who the guy was for jumbo. Christophe Laporte's on the front. But right behind them is the whole team here, the little four guys of Alpes and Phoenix. So uh, Philipson's never having to accelerate to get up into the front and to, to expend extra energy. Whereas, like right now, you can see Cavendish. He's back there. Gourmet's back a ways. Uh, up and down, Mads Pedersen actually puts himself in good position. But he's he's not the prime uh, sprinter to do this. Uh, 920 meters or so to go here. You finally see um, uh, Alpeson, uh peeling off a bit. 
and you still don't have Matthew Vanderpool hitting the front. His teammate peels off here. I think it's a Boer rider. You've got uh, now you have Trek, little Trek over there. Uh, but third position right behind uh, Matthew Vanderpool is Philipson. And at this point, just like on, on the speedway, Matthew Vanderpool says, excuse me, I'm just hitting the front. And he just powers his way through and Philipson follows. Now, it's super interesting to look back to some of these other things that are happening here. You look over on the left, you've got Gronawagen with the lead out. Far left, they're still back a ways. 900, or at this point, 570 to go. That's where uh, Vanderpool takes off. You've got two DSM riders. They're, I don't know what, they're mirrors, and, and they, they kind of bow out of the picture. Uh, you've got Gourmet on the wheel of Caleb Ewing. Caleb Ewing is now hitting with a Bohr rider. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but to his left is Mads Pedersen, and Mads is getting a little bit of a lead out. And then Mike Tunison is way up front, uh, second wheel here, uh, Gourmet's teammate. They're they're separated. And once again, that and and Tunison isn't sprinting for himself. He's actually you watch this situation. He is doing what he can to lead his guy out, who's not on his wheel. What a shit show you have going on here. Now Caleb Ewing, he has a little bump, and he literally sits up here. Okay, and on his wheel is Mark Cavendish. So. 550 to grow. Uh, Caleb Ewing ends up, I think, 15th on the day. Mark Cavendish is behind him. Actually, it's almost a bike length in between them, and Cavendish ends up second. Why Why Caleb Ewing sits up, I don't know, but he didn't like the little bit of bouncing he had there. He could have easily recovered. The, the race was starting to go up the road. I get that, but Mark Cavendish is still behind you, and you can recover. A lot of people behind actually did recover from this position. Okay, we'll scoot up the, the film a little bit here. And now you got 318. Matthew Vanderpoel is kicking it on. You've now got Mads Pedersen trying to be in his slipstream. Over to the left is, uh, and this, this blows me away as well. So uh, the lead out for Gronenwagen is over here on the far left. This guy is going to, he's almost equal with Philipson at this point. But you will see him. He will take Gronenwagen up to the side of Mads Pedersen and Philipson and then just drop him off. Now he drops him off in the, in the wind. You might have been better off taking him all the way to the front and, and, and leave him in the wind there rather than behind. Now, Tunisian's here. Gourmet is not on his wheel, but Tunisian thinks he's being still sprinting out. And now here you go. Here's the, here's the drop off of uh, Gronenwagen to nobody. His teammate leaves Gourmet's teammate, Tunisian, leaves. And now you've got Matthew Vanderpool on the front still inside 300 meters. And look, you're, you're 300. It's like three. I think we're 350 or so here or inside 350. Mark Cavendish has finally come on on the left and he starts to sprint. He just went over this little bump behind here. And we'll bring that up because it does seem to be a problem. Gourmet seems to be in good position. Philipson is dropped off way too early on the front. He doesn't want to start sprinting yet. However... It's a better position to be on the front and ready to jump on someone's wheel, especially when no other team, if there were other lead outs, this would not work. But the way that it happens is no one has a team here. So uh, the guy that's going to come by you is the sprinter rather than a lead out that might be blazing things through. And then the guy's going to accelerate from there. So Philipson's not in such a bad position. I would rather be on the front as a sprinter or have left my sprinter a little exposed too early for him and to be able to react because it's easier to react from the front than it is from the rear. Boy, there, there's a there's a comment there. Okay. 
K, uh, uh, Mark Cavendish comes by back here. Now you have Gronewagen who have been dropped off in the middle. He's trying to snake his way past Mads Pedersen. Mads Pedersen got kind of detained from Matthew Vanderpoel, who was peeling off here. And the rest of the guys behind, we don't really care. I don't know who the Boroy guy is. I'll look at the results and we'll see here. But Gourmet, Philipson goes from his left side. Now, he's not starting his sprint yet. So until you start your sprint, the line, the lane doesn't matter. At least that's the way the rule book says. He starts to deviate over here to catch on to Mark, um, Mark Cavendish. He actually, look, this is, I understand there's people out there. Chris just sent me a thing here, you know, that Lantern Rouge was upset that uh, uh, Phillipson wasn't DQ'd. Look, a lot of people don't ride, don't sprint. Uh, they get, they want everyone DQ'd. It's just not the way it's going to happen. Did he ride Gourmet off the wheel? Yes. Was it legit? I don't know. It's up to debate. And, and by the way, Gourmet, he starts his, he's over here on the far right. He's going to complain, but look where he finishes his sprint. Mark Cavendish was the only one here that didn't deviate. He's perfectly fine, other than he's got a little wheel skipping going on here, chain skipping. Phillipson does go from the left. He goes over to the right. You can change the lane, and then when you start sprinting is when the problems begin. He does ride Gourmet off the wheel. That's a little bit of a gray zone. I'm much more for people. Not, and, and the big problem, if this little spot right here we can see where Gourmet actually kind of is now trying to go past Phillips on, on the right, which there's no room. You got ridden off, maybe go to the left. You could probably go sprint around him. You're just fine. But he tries to go on the right. Then he's got to kind of break. And that's what makes it look a little bit more seedy in the situation. In the end, Mark Cavendish, I, I, when he came by, I was like, oh, he's got the win. And then he didn't quite have it. Phillipson easily sprints, gets the win over Cavendish and Gourmet. And then you've got a little bit of a sprint from the behind with a few of the other riders and Grunewagen and uh, Bauhaus in there in the mix. Now, I will just, and we'll go to the, the things here in the second here. Uh, it looked like there were some bumps, like speed bumps. Mark Cavendish said he went from, he was in his 11, skipped up to his 12. And I think you can see that when he comes over that first bump that it, it was a bit of a jolt. The next thing you know, his chain's coming up there and he's in the 12. He was spinning out. So he sat down, shifted to the 11, starts to sprint again. And he said, boom, it went back up. So whatever, that's a bummer because, and I, it, it was a fast sprint as well. Probably was tailwind. And with that, even Philipson is spinning out and, and very high cadence, which it's easier to jump when you're able to, when you have a cadence like that and you're not having to push a big gear and they're all spun out. And then you've got Mark Cavendish with the problem as well. So Phillips gets the win. I don't really have a problem with how he rode uh, Gourmet off the wheel. Um, but there was some protesting there. And so there you go. Philipson, Cavendish, Gourmet, uh, Mozato for Arkea Samsic. Gronerwagen uh, moves up to fifth. Mies, uh for Bora. Okay, that's who that was in sixth. Bauhaus in seventh. Brian Cocard, Kofidis in eighth. Alexander Kristoff. Oh, it's Kristoff. Oh, no, he's with Uno X. And then Pedersen uh, in 10th place. Let's see what's up. Uh, people getting uh, worked up in here. Um, uh, it was on the butterfly effect posted 20 minutes ago. Okay. Um, but yesterday I saw where he didn't say that. So I'll take a look at what he, he says there. Uh, he said about Iceman. Brian uh, says, Mitch Docker just did a podcast with interviews of seven of the top Lido guys from the past 20 years. Good show. Okay. Thanks for promoting other people's podcasts. Tailwind Sprint, 70K. They closed the last. Yeah, that was a fast, fast finish. Um, Chris Flower says, hasn't started his sprint yet. How is UCI determining the start of the sprint? That's that's a, 
Look, I, you're going to tell me, uh, or <laughs> try to break this down with the UCI, uh, but that's what it is. When you start your sprint, that's what they determine. So I don't know, Chris, and, and you're, you're completely right. Uh, Astana and Interwashu filed protest. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, they filed protest. And by the way, there was uh, much less, um, I mean, it was quick. They didn't they didn't have a problem like they did uh, the other day when he kind of rode Wout into the barriers. So um, Chris Flower, um, Obviously, a big Lantern Rouge slash fan slash hater of Philipson. I, I get where you're going here. Uh, Jakobsen wasn't up there, Chris. So that's that's the problem you have with that one. Okay, that's um. What else did we have here? So yellow jersey didn't change. Um, they're they're showing here again. We'll just in in Baldo. Oh, we don't want the sound because that gets us kicked. Um, but you can see a little argy bargy with the the contact. I mean, Philipson does one thing really well, which is he holds the wheel and he just fights it, and you're not going to take his his wheel. Um, but there you go. So he's deviating. It's not sprinting yet. Is that sprinting? Uh, man, it's it's hard to say. So let's look right here. Does Gourmet have this wheel? There's a gap there. Does Gourmet have the wheel at that moment? Or does Philipson? And I would say this is just riding him off. That look right there. You're you're completely fine riding him off. The problem is Gourmet then tries to keep going and okay, that's that's the one that makes it look bad. So there you go. Uh, just here to ask questions, says Chris. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and I don't think they can define it. And and by the way, I'm, I'm kind of tired of them trying to define everything on a sprint because you just can't. There's just too much to, to, that's involved. It's. It's what's happened with uh, NFL football too, right? American football, which is uh, a catch. You used to just be able to see a catch and you're like, yeah, it's a catch. And now it's defined all different ways to the point where it's it's almost unwatchable at times. So um, that's that's my opinion. Let's go to the results here. Philipson, Cavendish, we talked about that. Uh, Gronewagen, Meese, uh, Alexander Kristoff. Um, Tennyson, Sam Welshford. Okay, so there's DSM. So I was just kind of looking to see who the main guys are. And then the ones that Welshford's down here in 13th for DSM. That's their best sprinter. Uh, Jakobsen for Sudal in 15th. Um, where is Caleb Ewing? Um, is he, how far? Jesus, did he even finish? <laughs> I'm going to have to, let's go to, uh, what's their team? Oh, I don't want to go to Nations. Uh, Sudal Quick Step. No, it's uh, Lotto, Dest Lotto Destiny, right? Lotto Destiny. Forty um, fifth. So he. I don't know what happened to Caleb. Uh, he sat up and then just blew it. I mean, because like I said, he could have easily jumped on. Uh, matter of fact, he could have jumped on Cavendish's wheel and probably rode it to a win. I mean, because Cavendish came up hot and uh, came right up to the front with a long lead out. And, uh, you know, it would have been perfect for him. But uh, instead, he I don't know what happened. I did see where I heard an interview with the Sudol Quick Step team. And uh, they were like, I don't know. I, I, I got Ke uh, <laughs> Jakobsen. He was like in 15th. I moved up. He didn't follow me. Next thing you know, he finishes 15th. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. Okay. Um, Brian Zimney says... At least we didn't have to watch Crab Cab cry again. Uh, yeah, so it was rough watching um, the GCN crew because they are I mean, they're they're British. I get it. If if we had uh, Tyler Ferrar sprinting, <laughs> maybe it would you know you'd see that. Uh, but it's it they, Orla Shinnery Shinnery I don't know what her name is on there. She's the the chick that wears sometimes really slutty clothing uh, on the uh, <laughs> on the on the program. Um, she's like, when they started to say, oh, they filed a protest against, uh, uh, 
Jasper, I thought she was going to lose it. She was so excited. Oh, really? Oh, so Cav is still not going to win, honey. I'm, oh, no, he might. I guess it would be, right? Cav would win. He was in second place. And did I call her honey? I, I did. That's fine. We'll, we'll continue to be there. Okay. Um, what I want to look at here, let's see. Uh, race profile. Complementary results. This is a, an interesting. So uh, Simon Guglielmi. For Team Arkea Sansek, he won the sprint, but uh, Biniam Gourmet beat Jasper Philipson in the in the provisional. Uh, Brian Cocard, and so that's kind of your we had there. Pierre Latour got the only points today for the KOM, so that's why uh, Nilsson stayed in there. Jasper Philipson <clears throat> gets the the points at the finish. Mark Cavendish, Gourmet, uh, so fifty third. I, I mean, uh, Philipson's looking really good here. I don't know if you, most combative goes to the, the the French guy that was out front. Uh, youth. Jasper wins on that one and the team classification Uno X with the team classification win on the day, but doesn't really gain much on time because that's how it's based on there. Um, let's go. There was a news story here that I thought was uh, somewhat uh, interesting. It is, let's see if we can find it here. Sepp Van Marka. So he, uh, he had a, he had a heart issue. Let's see if this is the one. Nope. That's not the one. Okay, Sepp Marka retires with immediate effect. Cardiac scan revealed scar tissue on Belgian's uh, heart, forcing him to stop racing. It's pretty sad. I, I, there's the whole thing you can't do it because you got to pay for this, and I'm not doing that. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting that I think he's like 35. He said he, you know, had some years left, and um, just had to retire. I, it sounds like it's bad enough where I, <laughs> I'm not meaning to laugh. It's just it sucks. It sucks for these people to, to have a. It's just interesting. You know, you want to bow out in the way you want to bow out. Cavendish is finishing. You know, Valverde finished before. There's another um, Greg Van Avermont, I think, finished, um, you know, retiring. There's a few others that are, you know, but this he's he wasn't ready to retire. And he just he's having to do so. When is Chris Froome going to retire? I mean, it, it's so weird that a crash like that. I mean, this guy went from sky high to down low. And um, I think, well, it was there another I wanted to look at it. One other news story here. There was something about Froome. <clears throat> oh, I know what it was. It was the Sticky Bottle. I don't have that website. Sticky Bottle was talking to um, uh, Garrett Thomas, and he was saying that uh, Jumbo was too too bold, too cocky, and that was their strategy yesterday. It kind of backfired on him. He goes, we never did that. He's like, the problem, though, when he goes, I love the watching the racing that's happening right now, but the problem you have if you're, if you're dominating the way we did is people hate Froomey. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. They did really hate Froomey. Uh, I was really pulling for Seth Van Mark to get another top 15 at Perry Row Bay in 2024. <laughs> um, and Chris says, Seth won't defend his Maryland classic victory. You guys are awful. That's, uh, that's, I love that humor. Um, where else, what else did I have here? Any other things, uh, went Astana into watching Marche. They, well, let's add them in here. They, does someone have to crash to be declassified as Mark Cavendish team director? Okay. Um, look, Astana guy, I, this is, this is, I, I understand it's your job, but it, it always cracks me up. The, the, the hubris of these guys, as if, you know, Vinikurov, never did anything wrong, never cut anybody or Cavendish. Cavendish. Now Cavendish said he goes, he goes, look, he didn't impede me. So I'm not going to say anything. I don't know. But I mean, 
Robbie McEwen's talking on GCN this morning about it. And it's like, he, he that guy was headbutting and cutting people like crazy. Caleb Ewan's one of the worst. <clears throat> they all do. So I, it's, it's a little bit frustrating when the riders come across the line and they throw their arm up as if they've never done it. Now I understand you're in this situation. Um, Jasper Phillips uh, sped to his third stage win at the 2023 Tour de France alongside the River Garonne in Bordeaux on Friday afternoon through his stage seven victory. Wasn't without controversy. The Belgian and Alpecin Phoenix, uh, Alpecin de Koinic team had a tense wait to see if Phillipson would be regulated after the sinuous final on stage three and were in trouble three days ago on stage four as Danny Van Poppel accused him of inadvertently causing Fabio Jakobsen's late crash on the motor racing circuit. His leader, Matthew Vanderpoel, was later demoted for barging Biniam. And that's all we can read of the, the thing. Okay, Chris says, always rooted for Sepp. Bummed he won't be there anymore. Yeah, didn't he finish? Uh, I want to say he finished on the podium at Perry Robay. So, Brian, your... Um your comments aren't appreciated. Let's uh, well, let's let's go there real quick. So pro cycling stats, they'll they'll help us here with Sepp Van Marka. There we go. Okay, let's see some of his greatest results. Uh, let's add this to the screen. Sorry about that. He um, two times second at Get Welbegum, Primos Primus Classic. Uh, second at Perry Robay in 2013. There you go. Two times third at Ronde Van der Vlaarden. Third, three times third at Omloop Het Nusblad. Uh, won a stage of the Tour Norway. Des Alps Martins de, at at Duvar in the ZLM Tour. So not not super great results, but he's had some decent results in here. Um, let's just see what he's done up to. to so he raced. He got forty sixth in a stage here just a few days ago. Um, in the national championships in Belgium. So he was, he was racing, but you know, disappointing stuff here. Seven, you know, he's not a, uh, a stage racer, but you know, he's getting 30 DNFs. He got a 16th. He got a third at get level game this year. So a sixth uh, that I don't even can't pronounce that race. Um, some DNFs, uh, fifth in a, a 12 de Bessage stage, but, uh, look third at getting level game. So in F- Flanders field, is that the is that the big classic here? Yeah, Christophe Laporte won that. So look, I, I don't know. That's that's somewhat impressive. Take a look at tomorrow's stage and and by the way, Poi de Dome would coming up on Sunday. Uh, I think they've done it twice there before. Jacques Ancatil won, and then I think Eddie Merckx was punched in the kidney in 1974 on that. I'll do a little dive on that. We'll get some more more info. Uh, and I think that was kind of what ended Eddie Merckx. You know, I think it was 73. He'd been winning the Tour de France a bunch. He skips out, I want to say, 73 um, to do uh, to just do the Vuelta and the Giro. Doesn't do the Tour. Comes back the next year. Gets punched in the kidney. And I'm not sure that that's, uh, that's where he uh, ended his final thing. You know, we can, we can take a look here. Let's, uh, let's just, uh, everybody join me here. Eddie Merckx, take a little dive into his... Um, Classics uh, wins, Tour de France seventy four. So he won in seventy four. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, well, I'll do the I'll do the research. Point is, pointed home. Um, look at that. Look at that. Tours. All those wins. Okay. Uh, tomorrow's stage. There we go. Le Born to Limoges two hundred point seven kilometers. So it's a bit of a longer stage than what we've been going. Uh, I don't think we've had anything over 200 kilometers yet. So there you go. But 
Um, coming up to the finish, uh, this climb one, it's got a sprint, uh, Cote de Champs Romand, a Cat 3. Uh, you've then got a Cote de Marsmont. So the Cat 3 is 2.8 at 5 kilometers, at uh, 5%, sorry. Uh, the Cat 4 is 1.3 at 5.3. And then the last one is 1.2 at 5.3%. Um, and how close is that to the finish? It looks like it is the finish. Or, or no, the, 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 that comes in 185, 190-ish or so. And then it looks like there's a little pitchy stuff up at the finish there. So uh, this is prime Wout Van Ert stuff. Um, Zimney says, think Pog will beat Merck's Cavs stage record win. He's at 10 and on their pace. Could be. Uh, very much likely. I mean, um, you know, I, I still think I, th- I think Pogacar is, is, is a great rider. And he's got something that a lot of the tour guys that can win, uh, have won over the last years, don't have, which is he's got a desire to win every little thing and a kick to go with it. So when you have those little short, like you saw that last year. You know, it's all those little short stages. I mean, it's it's him, Wout, and um, uh, uh, Matthew, uh, what's his name? Bling, Bling, Matthews, Michael Matthews. Those, I mean, it's, it's crazy. He is, he's a much better climber, time trialer, uh, Valverde. That's that's kind of the, the kind of thing I got. So I think he can do it, definitely do it. Okay, so this is what we have. So, I mean, look, you it will be interesting to see. I know that Wout um, is probably going to be going for it. It'll be interesting to see if Matthew Vanderpoel is ready to go for it or if he's just like, uh, no, I'm solely, solely here for uh, Phillipson, which was also strange that he was trying to get in the break yesterday and then he did good work today, but that he was even in that break yesterday. I, there, there made no sense for him to be there, but maybe he's just kind of feeling himself uh, a little bit better. So you've got that tomorrow. Um, those are two guys that I think can happen. Uh, or they can go, look, LeFay, maybe LeFay is back into it and he's going to, you know, we read the power numbers that he had and he has that ability to kind of go deep and quick. So LeFay might be uh, a prime opportunity for this to go as well. Or you see, I mean, and the reason I'd, I'd say that is because if this cap four is right before the end and it's a little bit of a springboard, then you've got a guy that can go to the finish. That's that's wow, right up his alley. Um, you know, Mike Woods, I, if a break goes tomorrow, I could see as someone that's down the GC a little bit, but they can get up and over stuff. Uh, maybe Mike Woods gets up there, um, gets away a chance to get uh, away. Uh, Chris Fowler says, Pog stopped Wout at Montreal in a sprint. Versatility will lead to many wins. I agree. Good, good analysis. Uh, then Sunday, we have the Puy de Dome, the 7.1%, uh, I'm sorry, 11.5, 4.5 kilometers, 11.5%. Uh, this kind of breaks into two spots here. So it'll be interesting. Tomorrow, you do have a chance for um, Nielsen Palace to maybe get up the road and get some more points, bring him back or something. I don't know. Uh, but that will be somewhat interesting. And then here, this will be another HC day. And it is. It's an HC day. Uh, and we'll talk about Poitodome tomorrow. I'll do my research. We'll figure all the good stuff out. Uh, Luis Ocaña, I think he's one up there on the Poitodome. Um, and by the way, Ocaña, I think I think it was Ocaña. Was it Ocaña or was it the French guy? I'll have to do that research there <clears throat> where he crashed and then faked a, a broken leg because <laughs> he, he was attacking on the, he said uh, Merckx was attacking on the downhill. So um, that was a problem. Anyway, pointed home. That should be good as well. So tomorrow, I mean, look, Wout, Jumbo needs a stage win. So it's all Wout uh, tomorrow. I, I'm pretty sure. I think that's why he sat up today. I'll look for Matthew Vanderpoel, some of these other guys that kind of get in the mix there as well. But I, I think those, Mads Pedersen, Mads Pedersen, Wout, 
Matthew Vanderpool. And my my thinking is going to be it's going to be Wout over those just because he's Wout and he goes over those. Okay. Uh, tomorrow, it's my wife's birthday. Um, will I be doing one at the same time? Uh, probably. Probably try to do it in the evening. Maybe I'll do it early in the day when no one will be around to watch. Either way, everybody, um, this has been Tyler. Let's see. Let's try to do this in a professional professional manner get some music on as we go on the outway here hope i uh, get out ride your bike a little bit and then um it, leave your comments about who you think is going to win tomorrow if you think wout's going to be able to do it or someone else take a wild pick uh if it's a breakaway who knows it maybe wout's in the break again i don't know take care bye